James Senegal once said, technology helps us become more efficient and productive, but our business still has a lot of art as opposed to strictly science. Are you tinkering, self-learning, self-improving, experimenting with home labbing? And do you want to become a skilled IT expert? Well, you've found your new home. This is the Home Labbers Podcast. On this show, we'll interview top experts and dig deep to learn how they got started and how they train their IT skills as a master martial artist in a Shaolin temple. And you know what? We're going to have fun along the way. This is the Home Labbers Podcast. And now your host, Vian Du. All right, let's do this. Good morning, home lovers. Carl, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great opportunity. Cool here. Before we dive into home loving topic, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, let's see what, what I can tell you. Um, I'm 37 years old, working since roughly 22 years now in IT. Uh, made my hobby to my profession, I think, somehow. Um, I was uh, always interested in, in computer and, and uh, all that that uh, fancy stuff. And uh, I, I then got an opportunity to to have uh, uh, my first job in, in, in that area uh, during my school still. And then, uh, yeah, the next opportunity, opportunity came up and uh, I went and real into the IT in a, in a small... Uh, Let's let's call it. I, I call it a, a system house. Uh, we've got uh, customers, and uh, we're doing everything in terms of support, like a wireless mouse without batteries, paper jamming printers, or racking and stacking hardware. So that was my first contact into IT. Um, after several years, I changed job to go into a small uh, startup company, a software developing company. But there, I wasn't really the software developer. I was still the internal admin to keep our systems running and to keep the software at the customers up to date. And also then after several years, I need, I, I, I felt the need to, to change a bit again, uh, to, to get back my, my hands dirty, so to speak, to, to get back to the hardware, racking and stacking stuff and, uh, some, some migration projects and also all that st- things. Uh, went good for several years, but then I, I felt it, it's, it's now ah, today it's all in the cloud and stuff. And, you know, um, then I, I felt another need to change the job again and, and, uh, become another opportunity to work in a, in a big company, roughly 14 and a half thousand employees worldwide. And there I'm now res- responsible for the virtualization area, tech- technical lead of, uh, virtualization. And I'm doing everything in the cloud, managing our data centers worldwide and some cloud stuff. And also there, some cloud development stuff. So DevOps is now um, at least a bit of my part. 
and uh, yeah, to learn stuff, I probably needed a home lab. So <laughs> I think that's all about it. All about it today. <laughs> Carl, how did you get started with home labbing, and where did you get the idea? Good question. Um, when I checked my blog posts, because I, I can't remember when I really started with the home labbing stuff, uh, it, it wasn't that early. It was back in 2016 when I started my first home lab. I had some uh, experience with VMware tools and, and uh, all the, the VMware stuff there. Uh, so uh, I tried out the VMware workstation because my game rig was pretty good equipped with compute, which means uh, CPU and memory. So I, I did some, some first steps there, but um, that felt somehow wrong. I mean, it, it was working, everything, what I needed was there and, and, and worked pretty well. But I thought, ah, I, I, I do need really separate hardware for that. So I bought a new game rig and recycled the old game rig to get the, 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 the separate hardware, some additional drives. That was, was then version two of my home lab all still in my old game box and uh, it moved on from year to year some upgrades there some updates there and someone i decided to go with some service to buy uh, some uh, refurbished service and um, yeah went on with these was well but still mm, it wasn't the right fit for me and then i decided to go with brand new service, um, everything, um, well, bought by myself, no sponsoring, unfortunately, that would be nice, but, uh, yeah, everything built by myself, installed by myself, operated also by myself, power bill also paid by myself. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a short history in, in, in home labbing back in 2016. And I just thought, yeah, why, why not try it out? Uh, why not having some infrastructure at home? Um, in, in the first way, it was more to to see how it is working and uh, what what you can do with it. With it, and someone later on, um, I decided to go with real stuff because of of learning, because of uh, experimenting, uh, uh, certification preparation, and all that stuff. And, and that's pretty nice if you have a home lab to do at least some stuff. Uh, not on production for sure, but in your home lab, if you if you screw up, it's totally your fault. Um, but you can still learn things uh, with fixing broken things. So that's probably one of the best uh, uh, points in learning. But if you think back, and what was the real reason behind this? Actually, you started with home labbing. To be honest. To be honest, there is no real reason. It was just to try out stuff. But I can justify with a reason, learning. Learning things, break things, fix things, and uh, learning. That was, I think that's the justifiable reason. What was your first home lab project? As mentioned, um, I started with the um, VMware workstation on my um, game rig at this, at this time, back in 2016 started to getting some uh, virtualized ESXi hosts with uh, yeah with the absolute bare minimal uh, in, in hardware resources, domain controller to get my own domain up and running and some DNS stuff, DNS service. That was so 
pretty the pretty first steps I, I did in in the home labbing. Yeah, I, I, I recycled my uh, game rig, my old uh, game rig. Uh, I've got some some at least some pictures on my blog um, where you can see the the case. I bought some additional uh, SATA controller and some uh, shelves where I can put in the uh, small the uh, 2.5 inch uh, discs uh, to make it kind of uh, hot plug and also have a bit of more raw storage. So for example, VSAN or so just to have more capacity. And uh, yeah, it was kind of Frankensteining uh, home lab server, so to speak. But tell us entire home lab evolution story. I know you have gen one, two, three and four, but not including what you have now. That's right. Um, to be very honest, now I have nothing. Well, it's there in, in terms of hardware, but it's not in, in operation um, because uh, my girlfriend and I just built the house and I didn't have the time to cable and drag and stack everything. But uh, currently I'm on, let's say, version 4. B, that's the most recent recent version. I did some uh, IKEA shelves. They are pretty nice and, and uh, uh, pretty suitable for my hardware. And the current um, compute generation is some, uh, some super microservice with uh, all flash NVMe drives. Um, and there it's just some small vSAN, it's a small vSAN cluster uh, that runs or is capable of running additional virtualized uh, ESXi hosts on my, for my home lab. That's kind of the current hardware build version, so to speak. What software and services you were running there, you were running, beside uh, vSAN and VMware? Um, for sure, a domain controller. Yeah, I'm, I'm running a, a, a domain controller as a virtual machine for just the basic services for authentication, for user administration and stuff. Then I've got the DNS server because everything is running on DNS or relying on DNS. Then there is next also the vCenter where I manage all the VMware stuff, ESXi hosts, uh, uh, not to forget. And this is pretty much it. I'm not fancy with NSX and realize automation, all that stuff. That's at least not yet planned, but still somewhere in the back of my head to probably get hands on on this uh, stuff as, uh, as well, for sure. But it's currently pretty basic. Can you tell us about your generation three as well, two and one? Yes, sure. The generation one was my real first home lab, so to speak, with um, special hardware. As mentioned, I recycled my, my game rig. Um, I had this, an external NAS, a Synology NAS box, and uh, I was able to run some some pretty decent virtual machines on that game rig because gaming, you need, you know, you need some performance, you need some memory and uh, a good CPU. So that was already a good and stable foundation for the whole home lab. Then I installed some, uh, some uh, um, like, uh, um, uh, not sure if it's a SATA or a SAS controller. Uh, I think it, it was a SAS controller. I 
already scrapped that hardware. I can't remember really. And they installed some Samsung and Crucial SSDs to have some um, performance cache and some capacity tier storage in that hardware. The generation two was some uh, Dell. Um, uh, I think it's R710 server. Yeah, R710, rack-based 710 versions of a server. Also, um, uh, currently only equipped with the networking, 10 gig networking CPU and memory, no local disk because I was running everything on a NAS that um, worked pretty well. But some when I felt the need to have local storage for vSAN, you know, so I installed installed there some some disk in the generation uh, uh, three. Then there was the the upgrade on generation uh, three, installing some disks, but still the same um, Dell servers, uh, some additional networking equipment because you know you need ten gig. So there is another switch to buy and. Uh, then we are already with the generation four, like the super micro stuff. Um, in terms of performance, I was always looking for more, to be honest. It was good to have it on my game rig with the VMware workstation to start right off and, and see how, how things going. But then I felt the need of, yeah, I need more storage. I need more RAM. So I need separate hardware just for the home lab. And then some when I, I had the need to, yeah, I, I need more servers for my home lab. I can't run it everything on my game rig. So I have to see uh, where I can get some, some, some cheap servers because even if they are refurbished, you, you know, there is a price tag on it. So long evaluation. And uh, thankfully I had, a, I had a, a contact in our uh, Swiss German VMware user group that was able to, yeah, like provide me some good priced Dell servers and uh, I just bought them. And the next was, yeah, okay, yeah, nice, cheap disks, okay, but they are not fast. So I need uh, all flash, which means I need some pretty new servers with some uh, NVMe capacity and some uh, um, good networking on board. Then this led then to the Supermicro edition. What I'm currently, well, not yet operating, but that's the most decent and most recent version of my home. It was always performance and capacity and always the need for more. How much knowledge have you gained while having a home lab? That's hard to answer, to be honest. I learned much during every generation um, in home labbing, especially in, in, in fixing stuff that is not working, even if it should. But that's probably, well, it's, yeah, not, it's probably, it's totally my fault. Maybe I took the wrong cable or maybe I, I plugged in the network cable into the wrong port. So uh, it was a lot of networking in, in especially in the, in the VMware area. I, I gained knowledge. I gained knowledge also in, in fixing things when, when uh, some, some ESXi configurations were just not right. Uh, some some misconfiguration, some miscommunication between the hosts. I learned a lot in in, in terms of uh, storage. So um, yeah, it was a good chance to 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 really gain some some stuff and probably or hopefully better better to say hopefully 
I can uh, uh, reconstruct my my current home lab again soon to learn more, maybe even in the in the NSX area or some automation stuff, because that's what I'm currently working in, at least the automation part. What is the most memorable home lab story you like to share? <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, there was, um, let's see when, when it happened. I, I recently, well, no, it's already some years ago. Um, I was contact, I have been contacted by VMware. I think it was, uh, Duncan Epping that contacted me about some, some blog posts I made and, uh, that this blog post made it up to the C level management at uh, VMware. And first I was, uh, I was, uh, surprised that my blog post seemed to, to reach, uh, the higher level, uh, of management, uh, in, in, uh, at VMware. But the reason was some other company, and I'm not finger pointing here to any company or any brand, but some company in the same area as VMware is working, um, used my home black home block, uh, home lab blog post to finger points to VMware. Like, uh, yeah, that vSend crap, you can't use it. It's breaking disks, etc. And, um, so, uh, uh, Duncan Epping contacted me then, uh, if it's possible to add a disclaimer to this specific blog post, that's all well, not on the HCL, on the compatibility list. And that's not the fault of vSAN and VMware, but it's just my v, uh, just my personal opinion and uh, that I'm responsible for breaking things and nothing else. And so I did. That's, that's probably one of the most memorable, um, yeah, um, uh, point in time I, I had on, on my uh, home lab that some company misused my blog post to finger point and to blame VMware for their crap, how they called it, and that made it up to the C-level at uh, VMware. Do you have any scary or funny home lab story as well? Well, the funny story, I have every time funny stories when I get new hardware, when I, I, I was able to find some black funds to, <laughs> to buy some new or refurbished hardware, hardware that's, but that's because of, uh, because I'm a nerd. Um, some funny stuff is when, when I have, uh, the light bulb above my head that, uh, yeah, that goes on when I have an idea or that I finally solve a problem that was grinding me and, and driving me nuts for days and weeks. That's, uh, that's, uh, things that make me happy in my home lab. When, when, when you're, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not familiar with, with, uh, English sayings, but in, in, in the German speaking area, we've got a saying, and I'm pretty sure it's, it's completely wrong. But if you, if, if you're in a, in a wood and, and you, you don't see a tree, if you're focusing and tunneling into a, a, a topic, into a problem, and, and you just can't solve it because you, you're too focused and, and too, too tunneled, that's, that's my happy, happy story always when, when I'm able to finally fix something that was annoying me since days and, and probably weeks. And scary stuff, 
Well, uh, I just had recently one. It's not directly related to the home uh, lab, but one of my Synology boxes went total orange. All the disks had uh, their orange warning on, and that was pretty scary because that was my home NAS box where I have everything on it. And thankfully, it was just a spike in temperature. So uh, I went on and installed some active cooling into the rack. That's all of it. <laughs> but it was still scary. Can you tell us about sharp printers as well, where you found out you can actually control a printer with VNC viewer? You wrote a blog about oh. it? Yes, yes, there was something. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised. Yeah, I was surprised as well when when I uh, when I had this uh, when I discovered this. Uh, I'm not sure when this exactly happens, but it was was uh, uh, way back in the time when I was working as a as a uh, yeah system administrator at, at the at the system house, so to speak. Um, it was more or less a typical customer support I had. A printer that doesn't print. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have it from time to time? Um, not, not much of, uh, uh, not much of, uh, um, yeah, not, not that uh, spectacular. But there was, uh, there was, uh, uh, there was a, a nice thing when I stumbled across some some uh, things with VNC. I never tried it. Uh, probably found it somewhere on the internet. Uh, and there was a possibility that you can connect to a sharp printer with VNC and have the remote console in, in that VNC window and you can click the menu items on that physical screen on the printer but with your mouse remotely on your computer and that helped me to save, uh, save some time and also running forth and back between my station and the printer to see if it's working now or what's the next message etc. I wasn't really uh, aware of that. I was pretty uh, pretty uh, amazed that it is working like this. Not sure if it should work like this. Maybe it's a security issue. I don't know. But it was back in the day. I'm pretty sure that print has been replaced already. <laughs> and you got uh, 10 gig fiber internet and you had funny story as well. Can you tell about this one? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was some some now already some some years ago. I think it was back in... Back in 2020, beginning of 2020, when some 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 uh, some technician of that uh, internet provider company uh, came up, there was it was at the time when my girlfriend and I lived in a rental apartment. Uh, that guy knocked or ring ring the bell and and uh, came in and asked me where the uh, where the central electronic stuff and, and fuses are because he's from that name, not naming any company here, but he's from that famous Swiss internet provider and uh, they are planning to install fiber cable, fiber optic internet. My eyes were shining and I showed him that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that cabinet with the fuse and the, the basic internet access. And then he told me, yeah, there are some empty holes and uh, empty, empty uh, uh, connections we can use for it not a problem uh, we'll let you know when we start long time no here i think it was more or less close to a year when i saw uh, uh, some 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 construction uh, company 
out on the on the parking lot um going in and out of the uh of the garage uh, below the the, the the building and i depending on that company i was i was uh, aware or I, I was pretty sure that this is the fiber company that actually uh, puts in the fiber hardware the fiber cables and all that stuff and it can't go long until i can have fiber internet it still was then some some three or four months i think until i was able to check my my living address at that time with that internet provider if i'm already um able to get fiber internet and i was and i just fired up a contract with them and uh, asked them hey guys listen i'm currently building a house and is it possible to move the connection yeah, yeah no problem just make it uh, an address change and that's all you can take out your modem uh, put it into the new place plug it in and forget it all fine and it was when when we finally moved into our house i was well not able to just plug it in because it didn't really work uh, they had to to initialize my new connection first and then I wanted to have another router, so I bought another router because at this time the provider was able to provide 10 gigs to the building or to the home, fiber to the home, but their router wasn't able to handle it. He can receive, but he can't um, forward it like the 10 gig speed to your local network. There was uh, four one gig ports. Um, another 2.5 gig port and Wi-Fi 6. And if you have connections everywhere, then you can maybe saturate the 10 gig link. But I want like a media converter. I want the glass connection and I want the Ethernet port that really blows this 10 gig into my home lab, or home network for sure. So uh, category seven cables everywhere in every room and I had to buy another router for sure. And there, I, there wasn't just plug and play, unfortunately, but with some, some tinkering and some, some, uh, looking around, uh, also finding stuff on the internet. Thankfully I was able to get it up and running. Now I've got 10 gig, unfortunately not real 10 gig because of my firewall. The ubiquity can't handle that much of the traffic, unfortunately. Still looking for another firewall, but at least I could have it. <laughs> what do you also think about you when they see your home lab? Well, um, to be honest, I didn't show my home lab to many people. My girlfriend knows that I've got some hardware. My coworkers know that I've got some hardware. Maybe I showed them some pictures, but uh, to be honest, they, well, they take it as it is. Yeah. Okay. It's service and it's hardware and you're just a bloody nerd. So <laughs> I, 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 they take it as they take it as it is. They, they're, they are not complaining. They're not making fun of it. So I'm, I'm happy. It's okay for me. So you're not asking why you're collecting gold, old uh, enterprise hardware. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe yes. Maybe they they think about okay, I wouldn't spend that that much money uh, as as you did for such things. But 
it's easy. I'm I'm making more fun of it because I've got a 10 gig fiber connection. I, I could do an offsite backup of our company. So <laughs> if they would spend some some money in my garage, they could could spend some some storage system and do their offline backup. Don't know. <laughs> do you know how much power takes your home lab? I don't have a clue. I never measured the power usage. Uh, I just paid the bills and it doesn't felt that much, but um, probably with some, if I'm able to get some hands on into some like intelligent PDUs uh, that has a bit more than just cables in it, but also some, some electronic device that measures the actual uh, uh, usage, power usage. Um, yeah, that, then I can do some mes measurement. I just have to roughly guess like maybe 200 watts per server, maybe a bit less. If I'm driving the super micro, then I'm probably a bit less than 200 watts. It's uh, three servers, some uh, networking equipment that doesn't eat that much power and a NAS, a NAS box, but that's also not that much of power. So probably 800 to 1000 watts, maybe. At, 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 at least when I'm, I'm driving it to the max, when I'm, I'm, I'm fully operating virtual machines and they really burn CPU, then probably uh, uh, it's up to 1000 watts or so, maybe. But if the if this thing's just idling, then yeah, then we're probably down by 300, 400 watts. I don't know. But that's a good idea. I have to, to take care about that. Do you have OPS as well on the interrupted power supply? Not for the home lab currently, but still looking for something that's not yet broken, but still have some lifetime in, 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 in with the batteries. For my current, um, I, I call it the, the basic home rack with uh, with the internet access, uh, the, the fiber port, the router, the, the central switch for all my, my uh, building cabling. There I've got a, a nice and small APC UPS, uh, nothing intelligent there is no network connection on that on that uh, uh, ups but it's just for it's mainly for search protection uh if there is some some power loss or so that my my devices doesn't kill themselves or if there is some some lightning and, and thunderstorms in the area and you never know when when somewhere in in, in the close uh, proximity uh, uh, lightning hits a building or so it can still kill your uh, devices at home and at least the, the the expensive devices are not going to be killed hopefully i don't know it never happened so i i can't say say if it's working or not hopefully it's it's working but uh, i don't have to use it i have a question what is home lab for you what is home lab for me well it's uh, money. It always costs money. Maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less. Um, especially when you're when you're <laughs> some. I, I I know home labs out there in in the field in in the internet and and from other people I I know um, that they are always going with uh, refurbished hardware. That they are looking even for secondhand hard drives. Um, even when they are cheap and great capacity, etc., they don't have an idea how long they are going to work. Uh, and that's especially with disks. I'm not 
yeah, I, I want to have new discs just to make sure they have at least some years of, of, uh, of, uh, uh operation, um, capacity and, and, and capability. So that's the, the price tag. Um, it needs power. It needs, um, space and, um, at least now as I'm not operating it uh, in the house, but out in the garage, there is not that high, uh, not such a high, um, WAF, uh, wife acceptance factor. So I don't have to take much care of that wife acceptance factor, but, uh, that can always happen. So wife acceptance factor is always uh, a point to consider. And it's home lab is also often frustrating, especially if you break things and you just don't immediately see what, what has been broken or what you just broke, um, troubleshooting, but overall it's learning in my eyes. It's learning you, you assemble hardware, which is probably easy. Um, you install that hardware, um, you operate that hardware, you have your hypervisors, you have your, um, virtual machines, your virtual services on these hypervisors, you build everything by yourself manually, or maybe some, some, with some automation with the Terraform, Ansible, or you name it, some, some stuff you can do with it. And it's, 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 it's like the, it's like the roof, the roof is learning. No matter how many times you break things, you can fix it. You learn with fixing it. Uh, if you're trying out new stuff, you learn with that new stuff. So no matter the cost or the uh, annoying stuff you, you experience, it's at the end, it's learning. What one piece of advice would you give for beginner home labbers? Okay. Wow. There is a huge list of uh, pro possible advices I could provide to new home labbers. But uh, sure, uh, one advice is probably don't spend that much money. You can start already with a lot of things with very low budget. Um, for example, VMware Workstation can help you already with uh, some stuff. It's not expensive. And if you, if you make it into the V expert, for example, if you, if you're able to, to get the V expert, uh, award, you get a huge list of licenses, all valid for one year. So that's also a good thing. Um, and V advantage, for example, 200 bucks, and you've got also a huge list of software you can use for your home lab. So at the end, it's really, you can start with a, more or less no money at all and build your first home lab looking uh, with, with trying out things and, and, and looking for, for how things work until you think, okay, now I've got the big money. Now I want to have stuff easy, do it. But you don't have to start with a huge budget. You can start small, no problem. You mentioned something, a uh, huge cloud project. Are you allowed to share this information as well? That's right. I'm, I'm currently pretty busy in the company where I'm working, uh, with a huge cloud project. We are migrating from one cloud provider to another. 
And for this, I'm in the so-called cloud core team, which is developing stuff on the cloud, like uh, security policies, networking, some automation stuff, just to have a, a, a pretty good governance on our public cloud, uh, to have the, the stuff run secure. And uh, for example, also things like uh, um, least privilege access is a, is a topic where we are um, working on. And in, in different other teams, we've got the migration teams that are then migrating the workloads from cloud A to cloud B. And we are, as, as mentioned, we're uh, in the beginning, we're about 14,500 employees worldwide. And we are also operating our data centers worldwide, which means we are operating throughout more or less every time zone. That doesn't make it easy or easier for migration, but we can automate things and uh, we are in, in a good contact with all the service owners, uh, application owners, etc., to to have the stuff migrated on time. It's a pretty huge project and uh, keeps us uh, pretty busy, at least until I think fall this, this year. So um, we'll see how it goes. And it's not the only project. We're we're, I'm, I'm working para, in parallel on, on different other projects, not that big, but still um, no one got time for everything. So I have to split up myself sometimes, but it's okay. Carl, thank you so much for joining and sharing. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Have a great day as well. And uh, as mentioned, start low with your home lab. Don't overspend it. Bye. You've been listening to the Home Labbers podcast. Our passion is to interview the leading IT experts and get tech enthusiasts all the information they need to become an expert. So if you run at home enterprise hardware and software and you like tinkering and self-learning, then you found your new podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit up the website at viondu.tech, on Twitter at hashtag viondutrending, and hashtag homelab. See you next time on the Home Labbers Podcast. <laughs>